We hope you enjoy this message recorded at Equippers Church in Eden. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. It's a, it's a privilege, it's always a privilege to speak uh, tonight and I'm really excited about this message. But for those of you who don't know me, as I said, my name's Tammy. Um, Jason and I, we, we, help, we help out here with the e-groups, with discipleship, um, um, looking after some people. And um, we've been part of this church for about four years. And we, we love this church. And uh, we, we've been part of this church for four years, but we've been in church for a lot longer. I, um, I consider myself uh, a, a kingdom builder from kindergarten. I'm <laughs> um, a kingdom builder, like I believe in the church and I, and, I, and I serve in the church and I don't really remember when I made a commitment to God or um, started following Him, like I said, from kindergarten, but, but um, I'm, I'm so glad to be in church. I love being in church um, with you all. And you know, like I, yeah, like from kindergarten, but have made many like waivers in my commitment you know, to God and, and, and to church, but he's always been there with me. Yeah. I'm so grateful for his grace. I'm so grateful for his love for me. Um, and I'm just so grateful that he's chosen me, as he has all of you in this room. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So uh, tonight, I want to continue the Created for More series that we've been doing here at church. And it's based on Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life. What on earth are we here for? And it's a really, really big question and we've been unpackaging it over the last couple of weeks. And uh, tonight, uh, I wanna focus on the purpose that you were shaped for serving God. Part of your purpose here on earth is, is serving God. Serving His church, serving His people, serving the community around you. You were shaped for serving God. You know, you were created to make a contribution here on earth. Not just to be a consumer of resources, but to make a difference in life. To add to the earth, not just take from it. We were created to serve God. Ephesians 2.10 from the Good News Translation says, God has made us what we are. And in our union with Christ Jesus, He has created us for a life of good deeds, which He has already prepared for us to do. So He created us for a life of good deeds. And he's got a plan. He, he, he knows what the good deeds are that, that we are to do in our, in our world and in our lifetime. And these good deeds are your service to God, your service to people, your service to church, your service to your community. And just to clarify, um, you're not saved by your service, but you're saved for service. And you've got a You've got a place, a purpose, and a role and a function to fulfill. Second yeah, yeah. Timothy one nine says it like this: It is He who saved us and chose us for His holy work, not because we deserved it, but because that was His plan long before the world began. Yeah. We're saved for service, but we're not saved by service. And when I think of when I think of service. My go-to part of the Bible for this, it's been very foundational for me, is the parable of the talents. It's a life scripture on, on how I live my life in service to God because the outcome of this is, is at the end of it, it says, well done, good and faithful servant. 
And that's the report card we want when we, when we go to heaven, like, well done, good and faithful servant. In the, in the Passion Translation, it's, it says, loyal and trustworthy servant. Wouldn't that be a great outcome at the end of our life? Um, we, we get to heaven and it's, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, loyal and trustworthy servant. So I want to pick up from Matthew 25, verse 14. And I'm going to read a long passage here, so, so keep with me. It, it's goodness, it's greatness in this, this parable. So, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, to another one bag, each according to his ability. And then he went on his journey. The man who received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold, he gained two more. But the, but the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold and see, I've gained five more. His master replied, here it is, here's the line we all wanna hear. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold and I've gained two more. His master replied, the words we wanna hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, I went out, hid your gold in the ground. See here, is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. Not what we wanna hear at the end of our lives, right? Uh, wicked, lazy servant. You knew that I harvest where I have not sown and, and gathered where I, where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit at the bank so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10. For who, whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance, and it goes on. And there's many, many things that you could pull out from this, this passage of Scripture, yeah. many things. Um, I just wanna pull out a few. One being that we've all been entrusted with some bags of stuff. Yeah. It's not bags of gold, it's, it's bags of life, it's, yeah. it's opportunities, it's your work, it's your family, it's your friends, it's your, your natural talents and abilities. All these things we've been entrusted. And the, the goal of, of this is to serve, and the goal is faithfulness yeah. in whatever we've been entrusted with. Whether it's five things or two things or one thing, the goal is faithfulness with whatever you have, whatever God has entrusted you with. And He knows you can do it. He actually knows He created you, He shaped you, He knit you together in your mother's womb. He knows everything about you. And the goal, goal of our lives should be to, to serve God with whatever He has entrusted us with. That we get the report card, well done, good and faithful servant. 
Pastor Desiree this morning, she, she shared about how God has shaped you and that there's a whole lot of different shapes in the world. We all look different. Um, and we've all been shaped. And there's a perfect fit, a place for you, for every one of you. And she, she encouraged us to discover how we've been made and discover our shape. You know, what gifts have you been given? What abilities and natural talents you have? Your personality, like all of that, like figure out who you are, how God has created you. Discover it and, and how you can, you can serve in your shape. Serve in the way that God has created you. And you know, go on that journey of discovering who you are um, and how you're wired and all of that. And it's, it's brilliant. And I wanna pick up from where, where um, she left off. And I encourage you and also Mosgiel people, because we missed out on, on like the last like quarter or half of the message. So Mosgiel, we need to download it because it was, it was gold. And if you weren't here this morning, you also need to download it because then what I say will make a bit more sense. Um, okay, so this is sort of part two. Um, and so she, so Pastor Desiree shared about how we, we, we need to understand who we are and, and the gifts and the talents and the personality and how we've been shaped um, and how we can then serve God in your shape. Um, and this is great, and I think this is awesome. But in this discovering of who you are, don't limit your service to only where you are strong. Don't limit your service to where you are strong, where you find your strengths, where you're like, this is my natural ability, this is who I am. Because God wants you to serve in your strengths, definitely, definitely do that. But He's also calling us to serve in our weakness. Don't let your strengths box you into, this is where my service is limited. The title of my message tonight is Serve in Weakness. Because it's, it's easy sometimes to fall into this trap that our service to God is only about those strengths that He's given us. Because He's given us, you know, these are the talents and we want to serve God well in these things. And that's absolutely true. And we, and we should we should hone these skills. We should, we should develop our skills and get to know ourselves so that we can be the best at what God has given us. But the goal is also to serve in our weakness too. The areas where we're limited in, where we don't have it all together. The areas where we feel inadequate. Where we, where we just feel like, oh, we just don't measure up here. Or there's someone else who's stronger in this area. Don't, don't limit your service to the areas where you are strong. Because in those areas of weakness, God shaped you. He knows your weakness. Whether it's emotional, physical, intellectual, spiritual, He, he knows you. He shaped you. And yet He calls you to serve. You might feel limited in your time, your capacity, your finances, but God is calling you, asking you to serve in those weakness, weak areas where you're limited. You know, um, here's some common excuses, and these are some of the excuses that I've had internally um, in, in where I'm like, well, I'm not strong in that area, so maybe it's an out for me. I don't have to serve in that area because it's not my strength, right? Um, so number one, I'm an introvert. I'm not an extrovert, <laughs> therefore I can't really serve on the hosting team. <laughs> and, I, and I surely can't talk to someone new because I'm an introvert. 
And uh, for all the introverts out there, I understand. Like, I understand you. I understand where you're coming from. Like, it is exhausting. It, it's the energy zapping kind of stuff. But, but God has called me to live a big life, to live an open life, to welcome people in, to share my world with them. Another area is, um, is I'm not a master chef. I'm, I'm like, I'm an okay cook, but I'm not the greatest cook. These people are a lot stronger than this. But that doesn't mean I can't cook a meal for someone. It doesn't mean that I can't take, take a meal to someone who's having a hard time. You know, at our e-group, we like to celebrate people and honour people. So, so, so at our e-group, we, we like to have cake for people's birthdays. And um, like I said, I'm not the best baker, and I, and I work full-time, so I don't really have much time to bake, but that does not limit me in my service to them. I go and I buy a cake. <laughs> I do the same thing for my kids on their birthdays, and, like, and like people are like, did you bake this? And I'm like, yes, I made this by going to work and getting money so I could buy it from the shop. You know, <laughs> these simple things though. Um, and, and the other area um, is, you know, I, I felt like I get tongue-tied in prayer. I don't know if anyone else ever feels that, where you feel tongue-tied and you don't have the right words to say to someone and, and, um, and you're like, I don't have a prophetic word for them. I'm not going to pray for them. But what God has really um, challenged me in and, and I'm out working now is that, yeah, I might, I might struggle with, with the eloquency of my words, but I can pray a blessing upon someone. I can declare hope and truth and faith upon someone. I can, I can just stand with them and encourage them knowing that they are not alone. That is what I can do. So absolutely serve God in your strengths, but God also wants you to serve in your weakness in your areas where you're not as strong. His thoughts and his ways are higher than our thoughts and our ways. What we think is a great strategy, leverage our strengths, God. Leverage our strengths. That's a great strategy, God, for how we could serve and build your house and build the kingdom. But God has a higher, better strategy. He wants to leverage our strengths and our weaknesses for his glory. 1 Corinthians 1.27 says this, God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. See, God doesn't think like we think. Yes, serve in your strength, absolutely. But yes, serve in your weakness. The goal of our service is faithfulness. It's not perfection in strength, but faithfulness in strength and weakness with whatever opportunity we've got. And the Bible is full of people, full of people who were imperfect and had great weaknesses, but they serve God in their weaknesses. Because our weaknesses don't limit God moving in our lives. So, Take off the pressure that you have to be perfect and good and great at everything. God knows your limitations. He's shaped you with your weaknesses and your strengths. And he's given you opportunities to serve. He's entrusted you with opportunities in your workplace, in your family, wherever you are. 
so serve him. And because the bonus is that whenever you are unable, he is able. Whenever you are weak, he is strong. Whenever you're uncertain and doubtful, he's faithful. When you lack, excuse me, when you... (laughs) That was... (laughs) That was the opportunity for God to like talk for me. But anyway, (laughs) when you can't talk, God can talk. Anyway, um, God shaped you for service. there's greatness when you serve in strength and there's greatness when you serve in weakness. So I'm going to go through five aspects of how serving in weakness reveals greatness in your world. So the first area, serving in weakness causes us to rely on God. Our weaknesses absolutely cause us to rely on God because we actually can't do it in our own strength. So we're going, God, I can't do this. God, you've got to show up. I can't do this. Because he's strong and we can so depend on him. 2 Corinthians 12, 9-10 in the New International Version says this. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. So that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, insults, hardship, persecution, difficulties. For when I'm weak, I'm strong. When you're weak, you're strong. When we we serve in weakness, we realise we can't do it ourselves. We've got a great need of God in our world. I think of Moses. So Moses has just been, um, God's just told him, I'm going to take you into this promised land, this great land of milk and honey. And his response is this. In Exodus 33, verse 15, he says, if your presence does not go with us, don't send us up from here. Which, which is an interesting response. Like, it's like God's like, you're going here and it's going to be great, milk and honey, like freedom, like you don't have to have this kind of random food and all this sort of stuff. And, and his response is, but don't, but, but don't send us there if you're not coming. Because yeah. yeah. he recognised that his strengths come from God. Yeah. So he he recognised he had a great weakness and a need of God. He needed God for direction and comfort to fight his enemies and to provide safety, strength and joy. He needed God and serving in weakness causes us to rely on God. Have you been feeling weak in some area in life or feel like you've got some lack? Take the lack to God and exchange it for his strength, for his more than enough. In our weakness, we rely on God. Second area, serving in weakness keeps us humble. Our weaknesses help us stay humble because we haven't got it all together. We recognise that we're not all that. We acknowledge our weakness and this, this helps, us be, helps us keep humble and, and means that we're less likely to get prideful. And that's a good place to be. It's a great place to be. 
You know, there's many verses in the Bible about how pride comes before a fall, about not thinking of yourself too highly, about being humble in spirit. Yeah. Humility is a quality you want yeah. in your life. Yeah, that's right. Proverbs 18:12 says this, proud people will be ruined, but the humble will be honored. And serving in weakness helps us keep our humility. There's an example of, of King Saul in the Bible, and he, he started off serving in weakness. At the beginning of his life, he's actually really reluctant to be the leader. He has a simple faith. And First Samuel, he, he talks about, my, my tribe is the smallest and my clan is the least. Like he's like, I'm small. He, he, he recognised his weakness and, um, and, then, and then he leads people to know God and he points them to God at the start of his kingship. He's humble and he's, he's willing to ask the prophet Samuel for counsel. The Lord approves of him. He gives him spirit of prophecy and a new heart. So this is Saul at the start of his, start of his life and he's serving in weakness. But as he goes on in his, in his kingship and in his kingdom, he allows pride to creep in. And he starts manipulating people, even his own son. He feared criticism and he is, he's deeply insecure. So often under pressure, he'd choose what he thought would give him popular approval, like approvable with people rather than following what God said to do. And this is ultimately what was his downfall, was that he was more worried about what people thought than what God had asked him to do. He, he was afraid of the people and so he gives in to them. There's this pride. Had he continued to serve in weakness, it would be a different Bible. When we serve in weakness, we stay humble. We're aware of our limitations, owning up to our imperfections and not pretending we've got it all together. And as we do that, we keep a humble heart. Serving in our weakness keeps us humble. Serving in weakness also creates unity. Our weaknesses encourage us to work with others. To work with others, to leverage their strengths. Evangelist Vance Havner said this, Christians, like snowflakes, are frail, but when they stick together, they can stop traffic. (laughs) Great quote, hey? Individually, we're very frail, but together, we can stop traffic. We can shut a city down, you know? 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 31 talks about um, the body of Christ. And we are the body of Christ, all of us. We each have an important part to play and every person matters. We're all dependent on each other to function. And when we join with others, your strengths can cover someone's weakness. Your ability covers someone's inability. You bring the strong hand, I'll bring the strong eye, and someone else will bring the strong foot and then so on and so on until we've got a full body. As we, as we build in strength, um, we'll, we'll be the body of Christ. So maybe you're weak in an area. Maybe it's so you'll reach out and join or unite with someone who is strong in that area. 
What could we do if we all came together with our strengths, complementing each other, not competing with one another? Because serving in our weakness creates that unity. Serving in weakness also reveals God's glory. Fourth area, reveals God's glory. 2 Corinthians 12, 5, this is Paul. And he says, I am going to boast only about how weak I am and how great God is to use such weakness for his glory. It's the only thing he wants to boast about is his weakness because that's that's where God's glory is revealed. Our human weakness actually provides the ideal opportunity for the display of God's divine power in our worlds. In the Old Testament, in Judges, there's, there's a story of Gideon. And uh, Gideon has been tasked with a job to, to um, take on the, the Midianites. And there's 135,000 of these Midianites. And so Gideon's like, good, okay, I'll get an army. Okay, I can only manage to get 32,000 Israelites together to take on the Midianites, which is also not great. It's like 32,000 versus 135,000. But then what God does is he goes, no, 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 no. That's too many people. (laughs) That's far too many people because there it goes. Awesome, we're all safe, it's okay. Did anyone's phone not bling? Oh, you're gonna die if something happens. (laughs) Is that it there? Oh, still not yours. Awesome. (laughs) Okay, so we're back here. Gideon's got an army of 32,000 versus 135,000. And God's like, that's too many. Too many 32,000. He's like, I don't want the Israelites to be able to boast because it was their strength. I want them to boast because it was my strength and my glory to be revealed. So he takes the 32,000 and through, through a couple of means, he, he whittles that number down to 300 people. So now you've got 300 people versus 135,000 people. And the Israelites win. The Israelites win. So what appeared to be a recipe for disaster? Like I'd be like, God, (laughs) there's like 300. Have you counted how many are over there? Um, You can't actually. There's too many to count. I I can see. Um, But like (laughs) it's just so that God's glory would be revealed. Absolutely. There's no, there's no, no way they could say, oh, that was a strong army. They were strong people. Those 30,000, they were stronger people. You know, they were four times as strong as the 135, and that's why they won. No, 300 versus 135,000. So this recipe for disaster is actually a recipe for revealing the true God. That his power and his strength would be revealed through their weakness. Your limitations aren't bigger than God's supernatural ability to do something in and through your life. It's about who he is and what he wants to do in you for other people's lives. 
I was actually thinking of this, this, this story, the 300 versus the 135,000, and it actually got me thinking of Dunedin. So in Dunedin, there's about 130,000 people, last time they, they counted with the census, 130,000 people. And in our church, we've got about 400 people who call themselves members of this church. So we've actually got like 100 more than 300, but, but like <laughs> the ratios are pretty much the same. And I was like, we've got 400 people. And what some people would say is that weakness, you know, like we really believe that a city could be one. And we've got 400 people and there's 130,000 people out there. Could this be a demonstration of the greatness and the glory of God? (laughs) Could it be? Could it be in your world where you feel extreme weakness, extreme limitation, that actually God wants to use that weakness, use that limitation for His glory, that He would be glorified, that He would be magnified? Could it be? 2 Corinthians 12, 9 to 10. I know we've read this from the New International Version, but I want to read it from the Passion Translation. It says this, He answered me, my grace is always more than enough for you. And my power finds its full expression through your weakness. So I'll celebrate my weaknesses. For when I'm weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. So I'm not defeated by my weakness, but delighted. Could you have a spirit of delight in your weakness rather than a spirit of defeat? For when I feel my weakness and endure mistreatment, when I'm surrounded with troubles on every side and face persecution because of my love of Christ, I am made yet stronger. For my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. Your weakness is a portal for God's power. Could we boast? Could we we celebrate in our weaknesses instead of complaining or feeling defeated? There's delight in our weaknesses, knowing it could be a holy setup for God to reveal His glory in your world, a portal for His power. The fifth area, serving in weakness transforms us. God uses our weaknesses to transform us. Like I said, there's many people in the Bible who had great weaknesses, They were limited and they lacked in areas, but they served in their weakness, in spite of their weakness. And they were transformed. Moses, there's this guy Moses, and he has an anger problem. He killed an Egyptian out of righteous indignance, but he kills this Egyptian. He strikes a rock when he wasn't meant to out of frustration. He smashes up the Ten Commandments tablet. Like, it would have taken him a long time to write this thing. And then he's like, oh, you people. And he's like smashing them. Like, he's got an anger problem. (laughs) He does. He has an anger problem. But he serves. He serves in his weakness. He serves in this. And he's transformed. Numbers 12.3 says he's transformed into the humblest man on earth. Moses is named the humblest man on earth. From being the angry man to the humble man. 
Gideon, who I was telling you about, he started off very, very insecure with low self-esteem. He also was one, I'm like from the, I'm from the weakest tribe and, and I'm like the smallest family in the weakest tribe. Like, are you sure you're talking to the right person? So he, he's insecure. He has low self-esteem. And in Judges 6.12, this is what um, he's transformed into. A mighty man of valour, a mighty warrior, a brave man. You can go from your insecurity and your low self-esteem and you can, you can be brave, you can be confident, you can be a mighty man or a mighty woman of God. Abraham was really fearful and he's transformed into the father of those who have faith. Sarah, Sarah, she's barren and infertile, she's got no children and she's transformed into the mother of nations. If you're feeling barren or infertile in your world, in your life, you know, it's an opportunity for God to reveal His strength, His power, yeah. that you could be the, the mother of multitudes, yeah. the father of multitudes in your world. Yeah. Peter is really impulsive. He's weak-willed. He's easily swayed, you know? And he becomes a rock that God would build His church from. John, another disciple of Jesus, he was, he was referenced as one of the arrogant sons of thunder. <laughs> so he's referenced as the arrogant son of thunder and he's transformed into the apostle of love. All of these people, they serve in their weakness. They served in their, in their weakness and they're transformed. I don't know if you identify with any of those weaknesses. I don't know if you identify with insecurity, fear, being easily swayed. But as you serve in weakness, you'll find you are transformed into confident, full of faith, steadfast. It's the Holy Spirit working in us. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. And the fruit of the Holy Spirit is revealed. Galatians 5, 22 to 23 talks about the fruit of of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. It produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. As we serve in our weakness, this is what we're transformed into, the Holy Spirit moving within us. As you serve in weakness, you're transformed. I might ask the team to come back up. Look, I don't know where this message finds you today, but my prayer is that, that you understand that God has shaped you. He shaped your weaknesses and He's shaped your strengths. He's formed you. He knows you. There's a place for you to serve. You are shaped to serve God in your strength and in your weakness. There's great opportunities to serve Him. Yes, develop those strengths that you've got. Yes, find out where are those natural abilities that you've got. Refine those skills. Serve in those areas. Serve where you are strong. But let's also serve in our weakness. Let's also serve in our weakness because there's greatness when we serve in our weakness. It causes us to rely on God and His strength. It keeps us humble. 
It creates unity as we partner with those around us and leverage their strengths. It reveals His glory, His great power is made perfect in your weakness. And you're transformed. The Holy Spirit will transform you as you serve in your weakness. In those weak areas, you'll be transformed. I'm going to read again 2 Corinthians 12, 9 to 10. And could you personalise this for you? Could your answer be that His grace is always more than enough for you? that His power finds its full expression through your weakness. So celebrate in your weakness. For where you're weak, you can sense His power more deeply. You're not defeated by your weakness, but be delighted in your weakness. For when you feel weak, mistreated, surrounded by trouble, every side, you are made stronger. For in your weakness, there's a portal of God's great power. Could we celebrate in our weakness? Could we serve in our weakness? Because as we do, God's mighty power is revealed. You're not defeated or defined by your weakness, but it's a portal for God's mighty power. Could you stand with me? And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pray a prayer. I'm gonna pray that that we thank God for how He's created us, how He shaped us, that His great power would be revealed through our weakness, that we would commit to serving God in our strength, but in our weakness. So I'm gonna pray for us, and, and if this is your prayer, pray it. God, thank you for shaping us. Thank You that You formed us. Thank You that You created us as we are. Thank You that You created us with great strengths. Great strengths to build Your house, to build Your kingdom. God, help us discover our shape. Help us discover who we are and those strengths that we have, God. But Lord, thank You for our weakness. Thank You for where, those areas where we are limited. God, because we need You. God, we rely on You, God, to come through. Lord, help us to serve in our weakness. Help us to, to find people, to unite with people in our weakness. Help us in our humility, God. Transform us, God in our weakness. And Lord, as we serve, as we give our lives to You, Lord, let Your mighty power be revealed. Let Your glory be known in our worlds, in our families, in our communities, God. 
Let our weaknesses be a portal for Your great love and Your great power to be revealed in our worlds, God. Thank You, God. Thank You. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded at Equippers Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.